real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Do you have a podcast that isn't growing the way you want it to? There may be a simple reason for that, but you aren't sure how to decipher what the problem is. That's where a podcast audit comes in. I am offering a new service where you send me a podcast episode of your choice and I audit the podcast for your cover art, podcast name, intro and outro, episode titles, format, sound quality, production value, episode graphics, length, flow, on-air performance, calls to action, podcast directory discovery, podcast website, show notes, social media presence, and more. I am offering this service for just $97 for a limited time. Get your audit today at podseam.com forward slash podcast audit. That's P-O-D-S-E-A-M dot com forward slash podcast audit. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John. And my guest today used to be a full-time musician and Marine, but is now the owner of a custom web design firm called Artillery Media. Welcome to the show, John Wooten. Sarah, awesome. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I know I just did a brief little introduction, but I'm curious to learn more about how you went from a musician and a Marine to starting your own web design company. Well, I, yeah, you know, a lot of musicians make great web designers because they get in these bands and the bands need a website and someone has to figure it out. A lot of musicians are, are tech savvy. They're working this gear on stage or they're working with recording equipment on a computer. So they kind of have tech savviness, but they also care about style, right? They care about how they look. They've got their show clothes and they got everyone's instruments are a certain color trying to match up and all that stuff. So there's a lot of web designers that I know who like, yeah, my first band I was in needed a website and that's how I got in. I was doing the MySpace page and I thought we should probably get a website too. But yeah, so the Marines, oh man. So coming out of high school, I was big into sports and I thought I was going to go to college to be a physical therapist. I thought I was going to go stretch out Michael Jordan and other NBA stars. Come to find out after shadowing a physical therapist for a few days, I was like, this is not for me. Uh, and then I switched to marketing. And But to help pay for college, I actually joined the Marine Reserves. A lot of people don't know that the Marines have reserves. You know, everyone's familiar with the National Guard where you have your one weekend a month, two weeks in the summer. But the Marines have the same thing for their reserves. You go to the same boot camp as everyone else. You go to the same combat school. And then you have to train for a certain job that a reserve center in your area supports. My reserve center is about an hour away and they supported five jobs in the Marines. All were like electrical related. And then after about a year of all that training, can't come back home to Nebraska and I do one weekend a month, two weeks in the summer. I did that for a six year or well, six and a half years. Cause my last year I got activated, got sent over to Iraq, but I graduated college while I was in the Marines. When I got home from Iraq, I told him, hey, I'm, I want to be done. I'm going to try to go start this new business idea that I have, building websites. At that time, I was also in a band. So I was in a band that was uh, kind of part-time when I left for Iraq. When I came back from Iraq, that band actually got to full-time, which back then meant traveling in a 15-passenger van. And I think we were all making between 1000 to 1500 a month. But 
since I had built my web design business to about a couple grand a month, I could swing it as a young single 20 some guy. So then on the road, I would just work in the van on my laptop and I would work it through coffee shops, go play shows at night. And eventually that band died out and I got asked to join another band that was able to pay me almost full time with my web design. But in between those two bands, I took a full-time job at a place called Arbor Day. Great nonprofit, all about planting trees. Thought I would love it. It was a web designer position. There were six people on the team. I had a cubicle. This is uh, serious. My boss was like 10 feet from me, but he would just IM me. Like he would not come over to my desk and talk to me in my cubicle. He would just, and I could see him like, I see you. So after six months in that job, I just got bored of it. I thought I would love it. I thought, this is it. I'm going to work on their family of four websites, all the same branding, all the same theme. But after six months, I was tired of looking at nature photos of trees and the color green and dealing with their logo. I wanted variety. And I also knew that there were folks out there living life on their schedule. They had that life of freedom that I wanted. And what's funny is while I was on that cubicle job one Friday afternoon, which I don't know if you ever worked a cubicle job at a corporate place, but Friday afternoons, they might as well let you go at noon because nothing's getting done. That'd actually be a great perk for a company is, hey, you get off at noon here on Friday because we know you're just going to cruise social media the rest of Friday afternoon. So I'm cruising social media Friday afternoon and there's this band that I was following and I clicked on one of their videos. And so to set the stage, I'm in my cubicle. And in my cubicle, I've written down freedom on a note card. And I actually wrote down the daily, what I was getting paid per day based on my salary on another note card. And it was on the wall in my cubicle to try to motivate me to keep building websites to get my business full time so I could get freedom and get out of this job. So I'm watching this YouTube video and the band's lead singers on the slopes out in Colorado, about ready to go down the slopes. And he takes off his ski goggles and the band manager is recording. And the band manager asked him, hey man, what are we doing today? And I'll never forget this because this is like the trigger for me. He said, we're out here on a Tuesday morning while the rest of the world is working. That's when we play. And then he put his goggles on and went down the hill. And I was like angry and motivated at the same time. I wanted that freedom that he had to go ski on a Tuesday morning while everyone else is in the cubicle like I was working. And right then I went home, I wrote down freedom on more cards. I put them in mirror in my bathroom. I put them on my nightstand. So when I go to bed and wake up, I see these freedom. That's all I saw. And that's what got me motivated to work up that web design business even more so. Cut to six months later at Arbor Day, I went and put in my notice because that band that I watched needed a drummer and I joined that band. They couldn't pay me quite full time, pretty close. But again, the income from the web design is what got me to be able to leave that corporate job and go tour. And so that's kind of the beginning. Awesome. I love that story. And I was actually going to ask what instrument you played, but you answered that for me. I actually play the drums as well, which is pretty rare for a female. So I fell in love with drumming at like 13. And I thought about joining a band, but that just never worked out. But I'm curious, these bands that you were in, would any of us know any of them? Probably not. Okay. They're both Christian bands. Oh, it was a Christian rock band that, that never got signed. The one I've been in since that story, I said, I joined that band in 2010. So I've been in about in that one about 11 years. When I joined, we were a five-piece band. We're a two-piece band now. So I actually play keys and drums 
And depending on which part of the song is, I will either be behind the keyboard or I'll move to the drum set to finish the song out. That's a Christian band as well. It's called Vota, V-O-T-A. And okay. uh, we were signed for a, a while and we still got on tour. We actually just did a tour with a guy named Peter Furler who used to sing for this bigger group called the Newsboys. Um, right. So some Christian folks might know a couple mm -hmm. of those names, but most folks won't know, won't know who we are. And I think Peter Fuller is the cousin of Sia. I think that's what I, what I heard. But yeah, I'm familiar with Christian. I, now I haven't heard of Voda. I'm going to check it out now, but I, I actually, Skillet is my favorite band of all time. And there, there's several others that I like, like Need to Breathe and Four King and Country. And oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm familiar. The other two bands that you were in, I'm just curious what their names were, just in case. I've only been in two bands. Oh, okay. Well, two bands that you would, that you would know. The first one was called fate of angels so when i was in that band we played several festivals when i played in voda i, I still do voda v-o-t-a votaband.com that one i played lots of festivals with them and so i've i mean i've met the need to breathe guys mm -hmm. i've met some john cooper and the mm -hmm. skillet people one time i did a workout with the drummer from the newsboys duncan phillips mm -hmm. him and i did an insanity workout together that was a, a bonding moment for sure hung out with switchfoot backstage with just at the festival you're all kind of gathered there together so yeah it was some some super cool time so actually the singer in the band and so we're a two-piece band now. Mm -hmm. He actually filled in a guitar for Newsboys for three years. So he was mm -hmm. doing the whole private jet, showing up five minutes before they go on, getting getting handed a perfectly tuned guitar from the stagehand as he goes on stage. And now he has to play with me <laughs> <laughs> and not have that <laughs> and help set up gear and help tear down and all that stuff. <laughs> wow. That's awesome that you're able to, to still do that, like balance that with the web design. And that's neat that you've kind of always been doing both of those. Web design is unique for that to happen in that the, the big power of web design, in my opinion, is the long-term play, I call it, is the monthly recurring revenue you can build up by offering hosting and maintenance plans. It's really hard to find that in other creative industries. So for example, photography, nobody wants to pay monthly to have access to their wedding photos. And if they stop paying, they don't have access anymore. That's not how it works. Or if I want a two-minute marketing video from a videographer, I just want to pay the one or two grand or whatever it's going to be. I don't want to pay monthly. And if I stop paying, I don't get access to that video anymore. But website hosting, it's a necessity. You, you need website hosting for your website to be live. Every website needs it. So I equate it to car insurance. I tell people, hey, during the pandemic, you might have canceled a gym membership, right? For a few months. But you didn't cancel your car insurance. You still needed to get a car to get around. Same thing with this. During the pandemic, I knew uh, companies that put a pause on social media marketing because they felt like it wasn't the right time. I knew some co-work spaces that had some monthly folks cancel for a while. Uh, and then they, and eventually they came back, but none of our clients canceled their hosting. In fact, COVID just showed everyone how important their online presence is. So building that recurring revenue over the past five, six years, when I started offering hosting and maintenance plans, that has really given me the freedom, especially now to start every month, not from zero, but to start with enough money to not even take any more work that month and I can just keep playing music or doing whatever. Now, website work still comes in, but it's that security blanket of, oh, no matter what, I'm not starting from zero every month. And so I think that's a big separator that if folks are like, they're creative, but they're also tech savvy and they like, oh, I wanna be a freelancer, but I don't know what industry to go in. I think that's a good differentiator for web design if you're interested in that. 
That's interesting that you mentioned the recurring aspect of it because I've thought about, because I like designing websites myself. I mean, I'm sure they're not as good as yours, but I do like, because I did check your website out. It's really cool. I create decent enough websites and I've thought about doing it. But like you said, I was thinking of it more in terms of, okay, so you charge the 500 or whatever amount as the one-time fee to create it. And then I was like, but then like you said, the recurring, but if you do like the hosting and the maintenance, you probably use WordPress, I assume. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as when you say maintenance and things of that nature, like maintaining their plugins and that everything, the security, everything's up to date because a lot of people that confuses them, they don't even know they're supposed to do it. Right. And so, and then as far as the hosting goes, so how does that work? Do you have your own actual hosting company or you host it through whatever, but then you... You got it. The latter, I guess. Yeah, we resell. So we uh, use a company called SiteGround. I've used many hosting companies that I've been doing this for 15 years and I've used many in SiteGround. I've never had to call them one time. I know the GoDaddy hold music, you know. <laughs> I, I have called Bluehost one-on-one and others. I've never called SiteGround and their chat is unbelievable. Their chat, I've never waited more than five minutes to talk to someone and they're just, their customer service is off the charts. Mm-hmm. But so obviously we know that you can go out and you can buy hosting for probably cheap hosting for as little as five bucks a month, right? Or seven bucks a month. SiteGround's a little more because they're, they're more premium. So that's why I tell people, hey, when you're selling hosting main security plans, you're not just selling hosting. You're also selling you going in or maybe through software going in and keeping those plugins up to date for them, keeping WordPress up to date for them. Yeah, because the number one way websites get hacked is outdated plugins or themes or WordPress. And why that is, is when WordPress or a plugin or a theme, when they come out with a new update, they say, hey, here's a fresh, cool new update. Here's some new features, but here's all these security issues that we fixed. Well, that tells all the hackers mm. what was wrong with the last version. So they write a little bot script to go out and exploit those old security failures. And so folks who are late to update are the ones that get hacked. And as you said, clients are either confused about it or they just don't know that, oh, I'm supposed to keep that up to date. You know, some folks don't even keep their phone up to date, right? Or their computers. So they don't know, but it's a necessity. And so many clients, they are uh, so down to pay a monthly fee for their website because it's that important to them that that stays up. And they need you as that go-between. They don't want to call the hosting company and, and, and figure out the terminology and deal with them. They don't want to do that. And if you get in the right industry, a lot of them recognize that their time is best spent doing their thing that they're good at in their business and not finagling with the website. I think a common question probably is, well, instead of hiring someone to, you know, create a WordPress website, I could just pay 10, 20 bucks a month for like Wix, Weebly, Squarespace, one of those. So what can you tell someone who has that mindset or thinks that? Oh, no, I feel you. Especially when you're starting out and you're dealing with kind of the, I think everyone when they're first starting a service business like this, whether it's photography, videography, or social media, web design, you're going to have those, the lower budget clients at first. And so you might have some of that competition of, well, I can just go do this. I can just go, you're going to charge me $500. I can just go to Squarespace and, and do it myself. A couple of good news about that is the market for websites is vast. There's more than enough room for anyone who wants to hop in and be a web designer because every business, solopreneur, entrepreneur, they need a website. Now, if they're tech savvy, sometimes if I get an entrepreneur on the phone 
and they're tech savvy, I might say, hey, here's how much I am, but you sound tech savvy. So you could go to Squarespace and pay 30 bucks a month, but they still don't quite understand the best flow of the page, the best layout. We use StoryBrand framework to mold all our pages to tell a customer story as they're going down the website and using certain strategy that we know works to get folks to click on that call to action. A newbie doesn't quite have that, or this person might not have that. Also, if you don't know things like how to optimize your media, optimize your images, not take a gigantic photo that you took on your phone and, and throw that on your website and then wonder, why is my website running so slow? Well, you got 20 photos that are five megs each. Your website's going to be slow. There's things that they don't know about that. But I think ultimately, it's a, you going out and finding the clients that recognize that they need you as the expert to build that site for them. I remember when GoDaddy ran the Super Bowl ad, man, it's been three years ago now, and uh, it was a dollar. Get your website up and running for a dollar a month, or maybe it might even be for a dollar for the first year. And one of the guys that I work with texted me and said, what are we going to do? GoDaddy's offering websites for a dollar. And I said, the people that want to do that, number one, are not my customers. But after they go out and try to build their website with GoDaddy, some of them are going to be our customers because they're going to realize... I can't do this on my own. It looks bad. I'm going to hire a professional. And so a lot of folks that go the Squarespace Wix route, I think some of them realize that like, wow, this is not as easy as I thought. But we do combat, we do battle that this idea of since a Squarespace site, you can just change designs that, with just changing a theme. Well then, hey, John, with my website, we're almost done, but can we change some things really quick? Isn't that just an easy thing to do? So you do kind of combat that a little bit. Well, and I think another thing, too, is with WordPress sites that you can, it's so customizable, the plugins and the themes, and if you need a pop-up or a call to action or whatever it might be. And there's some things I used to have, I think, I never tried Squarespace, but I tried Wix and Weebly. I used to have a site on both of those. And it wasn't until there was a specific plugin that I heard about that I wanted called Simple Podcast Press. It was a podcast player. I switched to Word. WordPress just because of that plugin. And I was overwhelmed at first with WordPress. It was more of a learning curve. But now I'm glad I did and just all the plugins and customization and whatnot. So I think, yeah, like anyone who doesn't want a cookie cutter website, <laughs> one that actually is designed to, you know, convert or get leads. That's an excellent point. Scalability. So scalability on the WordPress site is options are unlimited. So say eventually you want to have a membership part of your site. Well, there's a membership plugin that you could have where you could charge paid access to certain parts of your website. We have an online course that teaches people how to build websites and we have, it's built in WordPress and we have a membership piece that controls that access, whether or not you've paid for the course or not. And then there's a course plugin that we use to build the course. So if you want to have online courses in your website, Squarespace really can't do that. They can't do the membership either. Or say you want a business director, say you're a county and you want a website or a city and you want a business directory. Well, there's a business directory plugin for WordPress that you can use. Um, there's not one for Squarespace. I don't know if there's one for Wix or Weebly or not. But hey, if you're a brand new startup and you don't have a budget for a website, and you just need a simple landing page. I mean, there's solutions for that. Even ConvertKit does landing pages now. A lot of them do. And Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, those could be great options for you. But if you have budget, I would say get started on the right foot. Hire a professional. It's going to go a long way. You know, sometimes there's a photographer that I use that I hire. And I don't even want to tell her my ideas sometimes because I just know her ideas are better. 
and I don't want to stifle her or put her in a box because of what I think I want. And that's kind of the clients I'm looking for, or that the ones I really try to find are, okay, who understands that there's two types of websites. There's a brochure style website, which is, here's my website, here's what I do, here's how to contact me. And it's kind of a business card brochure website. And I guess I have to have this, right? I can't just get by with my LinkedIn and Facebook page. I need to have this website. And so in the customer's mind, if you sell them a brochure website, they look at it as an expense, as a, well, there goes $1,000 or whatever, or 3000 or whatever it is. Or you can sell them a business building tool, a website that is driven by strategy and that has things on there that'll help them get more leads and turn those leads into customers and using the story brand framework and everything like that. And so when they look at it that way, they look at it more as an investment of, hey, I'm going to spend several grand on this website, but it's going to make me X amount more because it's built with strategy. Especially when you add things like email sequences on top of it, the website can truly be a machine on its own. Knowing that you can send someone to the website and say, take our quiz. There's another plugin that Squarespace probably didn't have. Take our quiz on our break into web website. If you go there, you can take a quiz to see if web design is good for you. After the quiz, and based on your answers in the quiz, you get put into different email funnels. So if you identify as a photographer, you're going to get put into an email funnel where you're going to get 13 emails over 45 days that are, a lot of them are focused as you as a photographer and how it's going to be an easy transition for you to come into web design. If you identify as a stay-at-home mom, though, instead of photographer, your emails are going to start out with, hey, mama, or hey, lady. And those are written by Kelly, my partner in Breaking the Web. They're written for more of that, hey, you want freedom. You want to be able to take your kids to school. You want to go on field trips. So those emails, the photographers may not identify with. And so knowing that when we send someone there and they take the quiz, I know that they're going to, I don't necessarily have to follow up with them because the email sequence is going to follow up for me. And they're going to hear about price objections and how to get over that. They're going to see several success testimonials. They're going to see how we can help them in their specific situation, whether videographer, photographer, creative, stay-at-home mom. I even have a landing page for musicians that just talks about how you'll make a great web designer probably. So when you sell the website that way, that sounds way more powerful as a tool and a website machine then yeah, I can get you a website that have your a Google map of your location and your address and phone number. So yeah, I think it's all in how you set it up and you're able to charge more for that tool and they're more willing to pay you, especially monthly to keep that machine running. So I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. And that was a long rant. Oh no, I appreciate it. That I think that definitely <laughs> helped give the differences between, you know, a Squarespace type of site and a WordPress site or one that you would hire someone to do. Or one thing that really bugs me is when a company just has a Facebook page and they think that's all they need. So if you decide to start a web design company, what is the best way to get clients? Would reaching out to these Facebook pages that don't have a website, would that be a good place to start? Or or is it likely that someone who doesn't even have a basic website isn't going to go for that? In our course, I do all the technical training uh, and then Kelly does all the business training. She actually has an MBA uh, business administration and she actually built her business twice, once in Nebraska and then she moved to Colorado and then restarted one there and built it. So she's got tons of, in our course, there's a prospecting page or a prospecting module that has some worksheets that just have 
man, 60, 70 ways to drum up business. But some of the key ones from there are, well, and it's typical, but you start with your warm market, just letting people know. Your first couple of websites might even be for free just to get experience under your belt. My first two were free. I'll tell you what they were. First one was the recording studio we were recording in. Mm. They didn't even have a website. I was like, y'all need a website. I'll do one for free because you have cool. I want to take pictures of your stuff. It's really cool. And then my dad, my dad's a local small church pastor at the time. It's medium size now. And I was like, dad, you need a website. And then word started to spread. I, I had portfolio. I did a custom home site for another friend. He knew somebody, they talk. So what I say is, hey, start with your warm market first. You're going to get a couple leads from there. You're going to do a couple sites from there. Get them to leave Google reviews. That's huge. At our Artillery, my design company, we have over 125 star Google reviews. Mm. We have no, no four, three, two, or one. So when someone Googles web design, Nebraska or Midwest, and they see that big list of everyone, right? And how many reviews they have. I think the next one is like 30. So they see 120 and they're like, wow, these guys must be great. So that's one way. The second way is you can go on like a Facebook local business community, get involved in that, go look at their websites. One key thing is to look at their website on tablet or mobile. And if they're not optimized yet for mobile, then you can hit them and say, hey, I don't know if you know this, but over half of all traffic now is looked at mobile and your site isn't, I can help you with that. We can do a new website for you and it'll be responsive. So it's going to look great on tablet and mobile. Some of our students have had a lot of success that way, getting three, four clients. And then those people spread the word about them in that small business group and they get more business that way. It's funny that you say some business only have a Facebook page. So back in 2006, 2005, I think I was in that Fate of Angels band and we were in the studio recording an album and I remember I remember we were all in the control room and I remember saying, you know, guys, because a lot of bands only had MySpace pages, but we had a MySpace page and a website. And I just said, you know, guys, MySpace might not be around forever. And they laughed at me. They laughed at me, which I get because at the time, every band was using MySpace and it seemed like it would just never go away. But then things went south and it just went away. And I mean, dare I say, maybe Facebook won't be around forever. Or here's another trick that I do to help people realize that Facebook's not the best place for them to solely have their presence. When you're on Facebook, you have distractions. So they could be on your business page and then say, oh, my friend's birthday's today. Click, and now they're gone. On your website, that's not going to happen. Or they're on your Facebook page reading about what you do, and then a friend messages them, and oh, they go check that out, and then they kind of not make it back to your page because how do I get back there? Oh, I got to search for them. Versus... Once they go to your website, they're on your turf. They're on there until they to leave. So yeah, RIP MySpace. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole owning house versus renting a house or owning land. Or, because like you said, I always make the comparison to MySpace. MySpace went away overnight practically. Same could happen to Facebook. Now, I think it's good to have a social media presence and have a Facebook page and all this stuff. But like, if you're just depending on that, I mean, even if they don't go away, I mean, you're not getting access to like customer information, like emails. Yeah. And if I'm looking for some local place to fix my AC and all they have is a Facebook page and no website, I automatically rule them out. And I don't know if, if other people operate that way, but that's at least how I yeah. am. So a big quote that I am, that I use that, that speaker friend of mine, he kind of came up with, and maybe he borrowed it from somewhere. I don't know, but it's. Your perception determines your reception. So in his example of that quote, he's saying, so if let's say you're a motivational speaker 
and I'm looking at booking you for my conference. If I go to your website, your, your motivational speaker website, and it looks amateur, it's inconsistent in how it's designed. Your about me is like 10 paragraphs long. Then I'm going to assume that your speech, your motivational talk is amateur. It's cluttered. You're going to ramble on just like your 10 paragraphs. But if I come to your website and it's clean and your promo video isn't 10 minutes long, it's a minute and a half. And your about me is a, just a paragraph of the most important things with a read more option or your services are not, you know, things are just put well together, then I'm going to assume that your talk is put well together and you are put well together and you're automatically assigning values. Sometimes what I'll do in a live client sales meeting is I will Google not the city that we're in because I don't want them to know somebody, but I'll be like Denver, Colorado wedding photographer. I'll pull up like five or six different websites and then pick two of them, like the best and the worst from like the first three pages of Google. And you'll see the best one, gorgeous photo, super clean navigation, the right font, minimal text. And it's just, you see the photo and right away, you're just like, ah, that versus you go another one where they have like 10 galleries and you're like, what do you do? There's web, there's wedding photos here, but there's also car show photos and, and the, the design's not great. Right away, you're saying, okay, they're probably 500 bucks and these people are probably three grand. And that's an example of your perception determines how are you received. And so, yeah, so you perceive that this lawnmower company only had a Facebook page. Are they not legit enough to have a website? <laughs> do they not make enough money to afford one? So right away you thought, oh, they're probably not legit or as legit as what I'm looking for versus if you land on their website and it was Todd's lawn care and it was a nice photo of a beautiful manicured lawn with him out in front of the, with a picture of him out in front of the mower and it just said, get a free quote. And then you saw a, a slider of like 10 happy customers. You'd probably be like, yeah, that's what I want. Todd, he seemed like a nice guy. Wow, this person said he's reliable and he cleaned up before he left. That's what I want. Boom. You were given examples of like photography pricing, which made me think of if you start a web design company, curious what the average rate is that people charge nowadays for mm -hmm. like a custom website and then also how much you can charge for hosting and maintenance. I'll give you some numbers. I'll give you some good ranges. And then based on data from our students that have graduated our course and gone on to be full-time freelancers. So I'll start at what kind of the ceiling is. So as a solo freelancer, 10 grand is kind of the ceiling of what you can do. It's probably more like 7,500. That's probably the top as a one person shop that you're going to be able to sell. Any business that's going to have a budget bigger than that, they're going to want features that you might have to bring a developer in, or you might have to bring another designer in just to handle it. So that's kind of the ceiling. I think the sweet spot for a seasoned designer, uh, someone who's been doing it a few years, is three to five grand. That's kind of the, the sweet spot because at that point, you're usually working with small mom pop type businesses. There may be an owner or an owner and a, and a spouse or an owner or two partners. So you only have one or two decision makers. Once you get over 7,500, 10 grand, you start getting into a company that has 20, 30 employees. And all of a sudden you have five decision makers. Or if they have a marketing department, it's just going to take longer. There's going to be more red tape. And you're going to be like, why did I say yes to this? When you're first starting out, as I mentioned, your first one or two sites might be free. I tell people in our course, the first 10 to 15 websites are going to be the hardest websites that you will ever get. It's going to be the hardest you work to get websites, assuming that you do a great job on them. 
Because after that, you're going to have word of mouth starting to work for you and you're going to start getting more customers in, more demand. And so as more demand comes in, your supply, your time is less and less. You can charge more. The average price students come out of our course charging for websites is between right away, if they get a paying website, it's between one to $2,000. After six months or so, the students that are having success and that are doing their own freelance thing, the average they're charging is between two to $4,000. We've had three different students get $5,000 websites. We've had one student get that $10,000 website, but that's extremely rare. I think on average, two to 5K is about the sweet spot. And then as far as hosting and maintenance, we do three different tiers. And it seems to work well for all kinds of clients. Tier one is 49 bucks a month. What do you get for that? You get premium WordPress hosting on SiteGround or something like Flywheel or something like that. You get the maintenance updating of your WordPress themes, plugins, and WordPress itself. You get backups with that, which the hosting companies do, but we also do separate backups to Dropbox. Um, and then you also get a little bit, you get a security plugin that we've, through years, we kind of know what settings to tweak for it to optimize it. And then you get 15 minutes a month of content updates, which most clients, that's all they need. Because a lot of clients, we train them how to go in and make their own updates. So it's pretty rare that they're like, oh, hey, this isn't working. Can you tell me why? And it's usually something simple that takes five minutes. That's $49. $99 a month gets you everything with $49. The only difference is you get one hour of content updates versus 15 minutes. So that's more for the person who's adding stuff to their site several times a week. They're just not picking up on the video training maybe, or they just don't want to deal with it. They know that they're going to send those edits to us. We're going to take care of them, but they only get an hour. After the 15 minutes in the first plan or after the hour on the second plan, our hourly rate is 150 per hour. But if they're on our, since they're on our hosting plan, we tell them they're, they're members, quote unquote. And so they get half off of that. So they pay $75 an hour. Way for them to feel part of the club, right? And then our third tier is $2.99 a month, which I think is crazy. But we have three people that are on this. It's the, hey, client, you, we're not even going to give you a login. You will never log into your site. Anytime you have a change, you send it to us. One of these clients that we have on this plan is a custom home builder. and. In the last three years, they've been paying $300 a month for their hosting and maintenance. They've sent us three months. They've sent us updates, three different months. That took less than an hour each. For three years, the last three years, we tell them every year, hey, we could probably roll you down to like the 99 or 49 because you're not really utilizing this. And you know what she says? She says, no, I want to stay on it because I want to know that when I have an update, you guys are going to be available to make it like that day or the next day. Mm. And so she's paying for that. And, and, and I never would I think we'd have someone that would do that, let alone three people. So that's kind of the deal. I would say, let's say you take Break Into Web. That's the name of our course, Break, mm -hmm. B-R-E-A-K, breakintoweb.com. You go there, take a quiz. But let's say you go through and you graduate. The first one or two sites, probably going to free, be free or $500 or less. That's probably what it's going to be. And then after that, sites three or four or five, 750 to a grand. And then once you get past sites 10, we want you charging $2,000 or more. Our course is 997. Well, it's, it's 1247, but it's 20% off right now. So it's 997. And so our goal is that students make their money back the first couple paid websites that they do. That's what we want. After 10 websites, you're charging a grand or two grand. And then once you get past that, then you're going to start seeing the 2,500, 3,500, and maybe up to that five, the five grand you're probably looking at, you've been doing it a year or two. And that's when you're going to start seeing those $5,000 clients come out of the woodwork. 
but that's kind of the two to five or I'd say two to four is kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. After hearing all this, I'm like, maybe I should consider <laughs> the whole web design thing again. I'm always up for questions. Just hit me up. Yeah, because I recently launched a podcast production agency, but one of the things that I'm going to do with that is also create people's podcast websites. So I'm like, well, maybe I could also, I don't know, connect the two businesses somehow. Oh, absolutely. If you go to mybrilliantsite.com, that's going to be the motivational speaker website where we just offer, here's three designs. You get one page and a blog. A lot of podcast people, they would need like, a, here's your homepage. And then like obviously the podcast system, which is probably a plugin that, you, like you mentioned, that mm -hmm. they could use. Maybe they need a blog, maybe not. And then they probably need like a, some kind of a contact page or request to be on the show kind of thing. An about page. Yeah, that'd be cake. You could have three different styles and they could just pick one and pay you a monthly fee. Boom. And I love that you have the podcast part of it. That's great. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to check out the, so it's breakintoweb.com. And then if yes. if people want to check out the sites that you've created and whatnot, or if they need their own site created, uh, it's Artillery Media. And then, of course, I'll have show notes as well with links to all of this at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash John Wooten. And was there anything else that you wanted to go over that we hadn't yet? Well, so speaking of websites I've done, yeah, if you go to artilleryme.com, you'll see a work page on there. You can see the website I've done. But if you go to break into web and it's break, B-R-E-A-K, not break like break your car. If you go to breakintoweb.com slash examples, you'll see screenshots of sites our students oh. have done. And you'll see that a lot of them are just gorgeous. And, there, and there's a lot of them on there. There's a lot of them on there, but you'll see the kind of caliber of websites that we teach. And then you'll see why these students are getting 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 for them. And also, if you check out our website, breakingweb.com, uh, and click Get Started, it's going to take you through that fun quiz I talked about. And then it's going to give you access to a webinar where we have a free training that you can, you're gonna make your business plan in that training. So that's pretty exciting when you sit down and dream about how you want your life to look like, what do you wanna offer in your business, stuff like that. And then if you sign up within a day of watching that webinar, if you sign up within a day, not only do you get the 20% off, but you get a little swag pack. And for those listening, you can't see, but you get a, you get a break into web coffee mug. Mm -hmm. Right. Or in my, I don't drink coffee. So for me, it's tea. You also get a break into web planner, just a blank notebook that you can write your goals in about how you're going to slay it in your new business. And then you also get a break into web sticker for your laptop. But then also you get this guy. It's a, there's no place like homepage. Sure. I love there's that. There's no place like home page and you'll be able to pick a color and and that's if you sign up within one day after watching the the webinar otherwise you get 20 percent off so yeah awesome yeah i'm gonna have to check that out i'm i'm curious now well i appreciate your time today and i've learned a lot now i'm reconsidering adding that onto my services well thanks so much for having me on again get 20 percent off breakintoweb.com take the quiz that's free it's fun It'll let you know if you, if we think you're a good fit or not. And you know what? If you're not a good fit, we still say, well, prove us wrong, right? We're not going to tell someone no. Uh, and then if you sign up within a day, you get that cool swag pack I just mentioned. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sarah, for having me on. And thanks, folks, for listening to my wonderful rants. Have you considered starting a podcast for your business? Or maybe you already have one but are afraid of pod fading because you just didn't realize how much time post-production would take. I can help. My company, podseam.com, makes podcasting as seamless as possible. 
We help you launch, manage, market, and monetize your podcast seamlessly. We do more than just podcast editing and production. We help you leverage the power of podcasting to get new leads and grow your business. Learn more at podseam.com. That's P-O-D-S-E-A-M.com. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.